Hey, my name is Zach, and this is the Plaid Jacket Philosopher, the podcast for tradespeople and the blue-collar middle class. I'm hoping to punch a few holes in the stereotypes that surround blue-collar workers and hopefully share a lot of the stories behind how we got into our line of work and the honest joy you can get from working outside of the office space. The plan is to mix in interviews as well as some solo stories from job sites, fatherhood, and personal experiences that led me to where I am today. Some will be funny, some will be personal, but hopefully any and all content here can help broaden what your opinion is of the blue-collar middle class. Hey, 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 welcome to another week. Uh, this week, <laughs> I uh, again left it to the last second. It's uh, it's funny. I I kind of wrote the uh, the original, I guess, title of this episode was Contentment is Killing Content, because, well, killing my content anyway, because uh, since the move, I have been legitimately just happy and content <laughs> with everything. It's been... Uh, you know, it's been great. Like, obviously, I'm not complaining. That's a huge bonus. It's a, a huge weight lifted off my shoulders after moving from uh, BC and just the way that everything was going there. Uh, it's great. I'm loving it out here. But it's not the best for the podcast. Um, like, I I tried to stay pretty even keel, but I think the more that I kind of reflected on it, the more I realized that most of the podcast up until moving out here was driven by, you know, just frustration and anger and then taking that aggression out this way through the podcast through you know trying to use it as a creative outlet anything to get that energy to kind of uh expend itself so that it didn't get directed at anything else you know where it becomes actually something negative in my life but I was trying to make it a positive and that's kind of where this episode is going to go a little bit is just why you know why do we view anger and aggression frustration you know like what are kind of typically viewed as these uh, toxic masculine traits, why do we view them that way when they could be, you know, the exact remedy that we're kind of missing in society right now is maybe people do need to get angry with what's going on with, you know, the way things are going and and direct that in a positive way to kind of build some momentum moving forward in a, again, in a positive direction. But there's nothing... There's nothing inherently bad about anger and aggression and getting fed up with the status quo or getting fed up with with how things are going. And it's funny, I started out tonight by writing out a bunch of notes. You know, it's the first time I've done that in a long time for an episode where, you know, I'm, I'm trying to actually sit down for an hour, two hours, write out some notes, just write out a, a rough episode layout. And the more that I got into it, actually, <laughs> the more fired up I got, like I sat down two hours ago and I was just, you know, just put pen to paper, just started spilling out thoughts, spilling out this possible episode. And then the, the more that I got into it, the more fired up and angry I kind of got, which was perfect. Like it's exactly the headspace that I need to be in or that I feel I need to be in any way to, to produce something that's interesting, something where I actually feel fired up to record it. Because, you know, lately... Again, this is this is what I mean. Like I've just been feeling so happy, so content, so relaxed. But it's not a good place for me anyway to record from because you know, if I don't have anything that I'm actually really passionately wanting to talk about and you know, again, like reflecting, I find that a lot of the passion that I get for this and for other outlets in life, you know, be it sports or work, whatever the case may be, it comes from a built up little bit of anger and aggression like that's that's where I kind of get the fuel for this and you know again so I'm gonna gonna talk about that a fair bit this episode uh you know going back to just you know this contentment this sense of 
you know, <laughs> happiness and belonging and, you know, almost, it's almost relaxing. And it's funny because I might be working more now than I had before. Uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a different field. It's a different pace, but you know, my hours on the job are probably more, there's a little bit of a learning curve going on, right? Trying to get readapted to a new industry. And so that, you know, looking at it on the surface, like that should be adding a lot of stress and it isn't at all because everything else in life here is just so much more relaxed. And I didn't realize it again until I started putting pen to paper, reflecting on what it was like in BC. And I, what it really came down to is just being surrounded by all of the pandemic stuff all the time. You know, like I was in the service industry out there. I was doing a lot of service calls, house calls, troubleshooting, you know, fixing whatever, everything, right? I mean, there was some renovation work as well, new construction, you know, anybody who's in the trades, you know, kind of what I'm talking about, but you're always dealing with different personalities, with different opinions, with different people, right? And yeah, a lot of those opinions and people really frustrated me. But, you know, again, my outlet for it, rather than taking it out on customers was this, I would come home, I would put pen to paper, then I would record once a week, sometimes twice a week, you know, like I, I really, I found the pace of one episode a week to be very easy because I had a lot of this energy built up, this anger that I could fuel into this. And again, like it was my outlet, right? Like if I didn't have it, I would have been taking it out on customers, on, you know, on whoever else on, you know, God, heaven forbid, my family, my wife, my kids, like I found the podcast to be just a, a lifesaver over the last two years. But anyway, enough about that and kind of my personal aspect of it. Well, actually, this whole thing is, I don't know why I keep saying that. But, uh, you know, since moving, like, our biggest fear, my wife and I's, or one of them, was the way that our second oldest son was going to react, because he's always had fairly high anxiety. He's just been a, a bit more of an anxious, a shy kid. He's not, he's not like overly sociable. He's, you know, not that he's antisocial. He's just you know, he's more reserved, he's more introspective. And he always kind of had a bit of a more difficult time adapting to change or adapting to anything new, be it school, be it some change in his routine, whatever the case may be, he took a little bit longer to adapt. And so we were really worried moving out here, that it was going to affect him a little bit more, you know, like, even where we were living before, and it was the school that he had gone to for the last two years. You know, we we were pretty used to getting a call once a week, you know, sometimes it was once every two weeks, but realistically it was once a week to come pick him up. You know, he would say he wasn't feeling well, but he just needed to come home. He needed to, he needed to get out of school. And I could relate really close to that feeling because that's how I was growing up in school too. I, I hated sitting down, but for him, I don't think that was it. Like uh, I hated being at a desk. I hated sitting there. I had too much energy. For him, uh, it, it seemed like it was something else. And now I'm almost positive of that because, again, since moving, since not being surrounded by this pandemic stuff and this obsessive, you know, compulsive need to cleanse everything into just, just a different mindset. Like, I can't, I can't stress it enough. And to any of you guys, especially Canadians in BC who are thinking, you know, and I don't know how it's changed now since, again, the... Uh, uh, the mandate was lifted, ironically, the day that we left BC. But, um, you know, if if it's still eating at you, if it has been eating at you, uh, <laughs> come to Alberta. It is incredible out here that way. So anyway, and our son, now he hasn't come home from school once. Like he's, 
you know, this is a new school. This should be a really stressful situation for him. Or that's what we were worried about. And he is loving it. Like all of this stuff being taken off of his shoulders, it's been it's been incredible. And it's so cool to see, right? Like if you see your six-year-old son struggling going to school every day or every week, and then all of a sudden now, you know, despite all of this other turmoil and turnover in moving provinces, all of a sudden he's actually excelling and he's enjoying school and he's he's liking hanging out with all these new people. And I mean, that speaks volumes, I think, to the mental impact of what a lot of this has been been kind of being lumped onto the kids. Because again, I know it's anecdotal. I know it's personal experience, but in looking at my son, um, it is insane the change that has happened. And it was you know, the flick of a switch, you know, just moving into somewhere that that isn't so obsessive about it. All of a sudden, his whole world is flipped upside down. And it's been in a good way, you know, it's actually been flipped right side up. And it is incredible to see I could not be happier. And that's where a lot of this, this sense of contentment has come in, right? I mean, to any of you who are fathers or parents, or, you know, even close aunts and uncles, whatever, if you care for, you know, kids in your life, Anytime they're struggling through something, I mean, it's going to put stress, it's going to put frustration on your shoulders. But, you know, again, seeing them just adapt so well, seeing the way that he's changed, I mean, all of a sudden, all this weight of him has also been lifted off my shoulders. So all of a sudden, it's like, there's nothing to complain about. Like, life is good. What am I going to podcast about if I can't, you know, (laughs) complain and direct some kind of energy into it? Because, you know, I mean, that's what this is for, right? Like, it's just, it's kind of that that mental outlet, that, uh, that, I don't know, that word vomit, like that's what a lot of this is, or at least that's what I use it for. So it's, um, it's been incredible. And again, but the more that I wrote these notes, the more that I kind of reflected on everything, the more I kind of fired myself up because again, that's how I've done it. I think that's how a lot of you guys do it. You know, I I've also been avoiding social media nearly entirely. Like I'll, you know, go on Facebook Messenger, I've got a couple of group chats that I'm in, that kind of stuff, I'll talk to people. But as far as actually scrolling through a feed or doing anything like that, like, oh, it's next to nothing. Like I'll allot myself an hour in the mornings to check the podcast page, see if there's any notifications there. And then that's it. Like, I'll, I'll shut it off. I, you know, it's, <laughs> again, it hasn't been great for content, but it, I think it's been great for just overall wellness and happiness. It's been incredible. So I'm anyway, maybe I'll have to plug in a little bit more into social media. We'll see. I mean, everything's, everything's still busy, right? Moving, still getting set up, getting accustomed to the new job. Like there's so much turmoil and change, but it's coming, it's coming. And then, you know, if I ever need to get fired up again, I'm sure I can just look up any news, social media feed and read through the comment section. I'll be pissed off in about 30 seconds. So, you know, I think that's the, (laughs) the whole point of social media anyway. So um, but anyway, so as I got along in this, again, it, it's, it's thinking about how anger, aggression, frustration, how that's just been painted as just a terrible thing as toxic masculinity, when I think it's a key component of masculinity, like, you know, having that, that backbone, being able to stand up to something, to get pissed off, to direct that energy at changing something for the better. Those are all huge positives. I mean, yeah, there's, there can obviously be negatives of that, you know, untamed aggression, or if you let it build up for too much, like I know I did as a kid. I mean, that's where all this idea comes from, you know, this shame of getting angry, this shame of being 
pissed off, this shame of showing your aggression or, you know, directing that energy at anything. To me, it's, I don't know, I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you that I've felt it for years, for decades. And just kind of since starting this podcast and then reflecting back on this whole trip, it's like, no, like this is good. And I was thankful that my parents got me into sports when I was younger because, you know, that was my main outlet when I was a kid. But, you know, obviously when you're older, um, I still play drop in, I play beer league hockey, but it's not the same. There's not the same schedule, right? So it's tough to, to blow off that energy when it really starts to ramp up and, you know, life gets hectic, life gets stressful. So what happens? I mean, that's when you see a lot of these blow offs, these, um, I don't know, whatever it is, like it can be tragedy in the form of, you know, shooting or whatever, like, um, or you can harness that aggression, take all that energy and put it into something positive. And that's kind of what this podcast is going to be about. Like, so for me personally, like, what do I do about anger? Like, what do I do when it rears its head again? Like, luckily, I feel personally, I've kind of found um, the keys to the vehicle that I can use with this energy. Like I can put all this fuel into this car, turn on the engine and just run with it, right? Like this is, this is my own outlet for it. But you know, what about you guys? Like, you know, whether it be something as, I don't want to say simple because it's not, it's a journey, but something as straightforward as your personal health, you know, taking that out on the gym or in a rec league, in some sports league, whether it's, you know, soccer, baseball, hockey, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever sport you're into, anything to get that energy expelled out of your system. Because again, it boil or if it festers and boils over, like it can be hideous, right? We all, we're all well aware of the negative effects of, you know, having that anger build up and having no release valve for it. But, you know, again, it's, it's just this idea that it's viewed as this negative trait of masculinity. Like if we used it for a force of good, then (laughs) maybe we wouldn't be stuck in this feeble state of society. Like you look around and you see, I mean, this isn't a hot take. This is anywhere you listen to, you can hear this, but you know, just the degradation of masculinity of, of just being a a guy's guy, I guess, which I mean, I don't even know what that is anymore, but just the idea of you know, I mean, really, all it seems to come down to is having a spine and being able to stand up for what you believe in, stand up for your wife, your kids, your family, your husband, whatever the case may be. I mean, it's just, it's the way that this this is getting attacked. And it's it's frustrating, right? And I think that's kind of as I, st- <laughs> as I kept writing these notes, um, that's where I actually started to get the energy to like, all right, time to record, time to record. But, you know... <sighs> Personally, and I think I've kind of stressed it a lot so far in this episode, but I don't think there's anything that kind of gets that sense of virility, that passion really fire me up like anger and aggression. I mean, hell, without it, this podcast wouldn't exist. Um, Like I said, like this became my outlet, you know, before I blew up on somebody that I really cared about or, you know, some customer, some client, some contractor, whatever the case may be. I found this as my outlet and, but again, like (laughs) that amount of energy that you can get from anger and aggression and frustration, personally, it's not matched by any other emotion. So like I kind of alluded to earlier with the idea of going to the gym, like maybe today more than ever is the time to figure out how to harness all that energy and direct it at something good. Again, it could be something 
as straightforward as improving your personal health, you know, or you could direct it at work, uh, use it to smash deadlines or to really direct that energy into becoming more productive at work to proving your worth. And, you know, this is going to be a bit of a sidebar, but you know, you see a lot of, a lot of stuff online today about how, I don't know, complaining about companies making money or big business or just business period, people making money at all in today's age, because, you know, it's a mess out there with inflation running rampant with, with government spending out of control, with deficits looming and just ballooning with all of this debts that ugh, this debt that is going to be pushed onto the next generation, to my kids, to their kids, to me, you know, to all of us, like it's, it's a mess. Okay. It's an absolute mess, but you know, sitting there and complaining about it isn't going to do you any good. It isn't going to do anybody else any good. And I mean, this idea that, I don't know, I don't know, that somehow, you know, you are, you can lay claim, you have a claim to what somebody else has made is laughable to me. Like the idea of, you know, you can tax people into prosperity. You can't. You can never tax anybody into prosperity. It's impossible. Um, and it's just this this idea that somehow any company, any company that is making any money is evil. That doesn't work, right? Like you have to realize that they have to keep their customers happy. They have to be able to be doing something that's productive that is giving back to society, you know, even if it's just in the form of products. And if they make money on those products, good. Like, and especially let's say you're an entrepreneur and if you can innovate some field, if you can bring some new product online that drastically enhances people's lives or drastically enhances, you know, people's standards of living, should you not be compensated for that? Like really, you know, if you develop some widget that now saves people an hour of work every day, or, you know, reduces the physical strain on people, um, you know, for example, okay, this, this is something stupid, something small. Uh, but the guy became a multi multi-millionaire off of it. If you're an electrician or, you know, if you do any home improvement around your house, there's these little gray connectors. We call them 40-40 connectors. They're a half-inch connector. They're for NMD, which is, you know, your Lumex wiring in the house. It's that PVC coated. It's white, yellow, red. It's all the different color coatings for voltages in your house. Anyway, those little connectors, uh, they save time. They also save cost as far as material because they're little plastic connectors the guy who invented them lives in British Columbia. And, you know, one of my old co-workers, he worked for a different company, but they used to service his furnace all the time. And so anyway, they would go there and they would just start talking about it. And they realized, you know, in talking to him, he, he was talking about how difficult it was to get the engineering specs correct, according to the Canadian code, on how these little connectors had to be made. But once he got it done, once he put in all that work, all that effort... He developed something that ultimately, you know, flipped flipped residential electrical on its head. Like you go to any job site, you're going to see these little gray NMD connectors. They're cheaper to make. They are way quicker to install. They're more versatile than any of the old zinc connectors that, you know, again, they're less, they require less time to install. They require less work on our end. And should this guy not be compensated? Of course he is. Look at, look at what he's benefited the entire industry. He's made it easier for electricians everywhere 
to get their job done faster, to make them more productive, to make them more money, to make them more competitive. He has just, you know, it's a very small innovation, but regardless, he innovated an industry and he made all of our jobs easier. So should he not be compensated? Sure, of course he could. I don't know what, or of course he should. I don't know what each of those connectors cost. It's probably something like 35 cents, I'm guessing. I, I don't know. I never deal with the billing. But, um, <laughs> you know, and again, he's getting a slice of every single connector sold while it's under patent. And so does that make him evil that he's now made the whole industry better? No, of course it doesn't. It doesn't make him evil to make money. You know, like, I, <laughs> but anyway, and so now again, kind of stepping back from that, when you're an innovator, of course, you should be compensated for what you do. Now, again, even if you aren't an innovator and you're running a company that employs, I don't know, any number of people, you know, it could be a small business that employs six people, it could be a large business that employs thousands of people, okay? You are providing value to every single one of your customers, first and foremost, and also to every single one of your employees, okay? And now when people will look up the chain above them and complain that so-and-so is making more money and it appears he's doing less work, okay, you know what? Maybe because there are going to be some instances where you know you've got you've got people who are just leeches on a system. I'm not saying that that doesn't exist, but I'm saying that in a large majority that isn't the case. You know, because if that's the way that everything functions, it's going to fall apart. You can't have a productive machine going with all these people leeching off of it, which again is where we're headed. But anyway, that's that's a different topic. But yeah, you know, if you want to make more money within a company, what do you do? Do you sit there, bitch, moan, complain, or, you know, like, like I'm seeing a lot or what I had been seeing a lot online was this, this idea that, you know, if you're going to pay me this, then you're going to get absolutely minimal effort. Okay. You've just royally screwed yourself. Okay. Because that company is going to look at that and they're going to go, okay, you know, this position, we're not getting much out of it. Maybe we should outsource it you know, or maybe we should just fire them and get somebody else in who's, who's more motivated, you know, because again, it, <laughs> and I can't stress this enough, like in any industry that I've worked in, and maybe I've just been lucky, you know, maybe, but I don't believe that. I don't think it's, I don't think it's luck. I think it's the idea of, you know, again, I've talked about this a lot, but trades do seem to develop or flourish with meritocracy. Uh, it seems like it's a fairly honest job. I mean, maybe you have opinions on whatever, on what your your plumber's charging you or your electrician's charging you or your mechanic, you know, that's the common one. But within the company, if you provide value for the company, you are going to move up. There is a meritocracy there. And that, I imagine, extends to just about every other industry. If you provide value, if you are making that company money, if you are providing, again, I don't know how many times I have to reiterate this, but if you're providing value, uh, you're going to get compensated accordingly. And so when I see all this stuff about, you know, well, minimum effort for minimum wage, okay, and fair enough, but don't complain when your job gets, you know, taken over by some automated system or you just get replaced because there's always somebody out there like me or like a lot of people I know who are going to take that opportunity and who are going to try to run with it and try to build off of it. And you see that everywhere, again, especially in the trades, especially in the sector that I'm in. Like, you know, 
If you get an apprentice, for example, who just says, okay, well, I'm not making much as, as much as a journeyman, but you know, I seem to be doing more of the physical labor. Well, I'm just not going to do this anymore. Because again, you know, they don't understand the steps that are taken. And I imagine that this is the same in any white collar industry too, where you've got, you know, people working their way up through upper management, all the way up to CEO, whatever. It's really easy to sit back when you're on that bottom rung and say, that guy, look at how much he makes. He doesn't deserve it. You don't see the hours that are put in behind the scenes. You don't know what that person's workload is like every week. I know I've talked about it in an early episode, which is probably absolute trash because, you know, the early episodes are, but you don't see how much work people put in to get to that point or how much they put in to maintain it or what they sacrifice to get there and to keep that spot. You know, maybe your goal, like mine, is to have a family and to be there for them and to spend time with a family, with your wife, with your kids, with eventually your grandkids, whatever the case may be. Well, you know, that person who's made it to CEO, uh, maybe they've sacrificed that or maybe that just wasn't their goal. Maybe their goal is to make as much money as is humanly possible and that is their goal in life. Okay, well, do you want that goal? Like, do you want to sit there at the end of the day when you're 65 years old uh, hopefully that's not the end of the day because I'm in, then I'm at uh, I'm halfway there. So hopefully I've got more than that. But do you want to sit there at 65 and just, you know, you have a, a pile of money, but you don't have your family. And again, this comes down to personal goals like that. To me, that sounds miserable. I want to be surrounded by family. I want to be surrounded by kids and grandkids and see them grow up like that is my priority in life. Like, do I want to be able to provide for them? Absolutely. And I'm willing to sacrifice a lot to provide for them. But I don't want to work 85, 90, you know, 120 hours a week. I don't want to do that. That that's not my goal. So if I don't reach making, you know, seven figures a year, I'm not going to be upset <laughs> because I've also got a family. I've got my priorities are like I've matched my life to meet my priorities. And so you know, people really got to take a look at that and think, you know, is that worth it? Is that what I want? Because if it is, go for it, drop everything and run after it. But again, nobody's sprinkling like magic fairy dust down that's going to pick you up and lift you up into the stratosphere. It doesn't happen that way. You know, it's a ladder and you grab each rung with both fists and you pull yourself up out of whatever position you're in and you, you climb one step at a time. Like, you know, it's like building a foundation or building a wall. It's brick by brick. It's, I don't know. I, I don't know. And that's the one thing. I, <laughs> I remember reading that, just shaking my head, like thinking minimum effort for minimum wage. Okay. Well, you know what? Minimum wage isn't meant to build a life off of, just so you're aware. Like, like those are entry-level jobs. Those are, you know, semi-retirement level jobs. Those are jobs that they aren't meant, I don't know, to build an entire life off of. And maybe, you know, maybe I'll get flack for that. I don't know. I, I, but I don't think there's any falsities in that. I don't think that, I don't think that if you're, I don't know, um, working the register at McDonald's and there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't think that if you're working the register at McDonald's that you are really thinking when you take that job that you're going to be building a life where you can, I don't know, live like the CEO of McDonald's. I, I don't think that that's even a realistic mindset. And I don't think many people go into that thinking that because why should they? You know, it's a it's a stepping stone. It's a building block. It's somewhere for you to get your feet wet and then start working towards something. But 
you know, don't expect that you're just going to get a, a duffel bag full of cash dropped on you um, if you're just putting in the bare minimum of effort. And don't expect that you're going to be the one who gets that promotion or who gets offered the, um, whatever, a, a raise if you're doing nothing to earn it. Like, again, companies don't want to see you fail. They want to see you actually making money for them make yourself irreplaceable. Like, I, I don't know what, I don't know where the mindset shifted or I don't know what happened to it because I was lucky the way that I was raised. It was, you know, you work for every cent that you get, you work your way up and you will earn promotions. You will earn raises in wage. You will, you will work your way up and you will get there, but you have to be willing to put in uh, that sweat, that, that hard earned time. And somewhere along the line, that's just gone. That's evaporated. I mean, I don't know if it's everybody just wanting to be influencers now or what the case may be, but uh, that that seems to be going by the wayside. That is dying quickly. And, you know, I think, <laughs> you know, that's probably at the core of where society is at now anyway, because there just isn't that work ethic. There, there isn't that drive to push yourself forward. You're expecting something to drop out of thin air. You're expecting that 15 minutes of fame, that viral fame that comes, you know, to one in every, I don't know how many million, I don't know what your chances are. It's probably equivalent to winning the lottery, to really go viral and to make a career out of something that happens, you know, just happenstance in life. But, you know, I was reading, I was reading a couple of articles talking about how when they're polling kids now, like that is their goal in life is to become a YouTube star or to become famous or viral. It's like, you know what? Sure. Um, Maybe keep that on the back burner, uh, but in the meantime, you're living in the real world, and uh, you know, for the vast majority of us, 99.9999% of us, we're going to work for what we get, and there's no shame in that either. Like, <laughs> uh, personally, I take a lot of pride in, in being able to say that I've worked for something or that I've earned something, and I know a lot of people who are the same way. Anybody who I look up to, you know, in whatever, in whatever field you want to talk about, whether it be in news, social media, um, you know, personalities. It's the people that I look up to have earned their way there. They, they've, they've put in the blood, sweat, and tears, and they've, they've, again, they've climbed every rung of that ladder with both fists, and they've made their way to the top. And that's something that's aspiring. And, you know, for a lot of us, again, if your priorities are just to make money, yeah, I think you can do it, really. If your priorities are to have a family and to have a wife who loves you and to, you know, have a bit more of a balanced life, well, you know, realize that it may still be possible, but realistically, it's probably less likely because you've only got a certain number of hours in a day, certain number of hours in a week, and you're going to have to spread those out. So if you're happy, you know, just building a, a good, decent life and you can look at these people and say, good for you, man, like, or good for you, lady you've climbed to the mountaintop. That's great. You know, you don't get that sense of envy. Like, and again, I've talked about this plenty of times and this episode is already at 30 minutes. I don't want it to extend it too much farther, but I'm sure I'll get back onto envy again soon because that seems to just be growing in society rather than being grateful for what you've earned, what you've done in life. And you can just look at other people and say, wow, good for you. Like you've built something that's monumental. You've climbed to the mountain peak that's incredible. But that's not what I want. If you realistically look at your life and look at your set of goals, 
do you say that that's what you want? You want to sacrifice everything else for that? Or are you pretty happy having a content, a solid life with people around you who you love and who you care about? Because again, you've only got so many hours in a day, so many hours in a week, so many years in life. Um, <laughs> you better allot that time accordingly and really pick out what your priorities are. So anyway, I don't even know what I'm going to name this episode. Probably something along with contentment is killing content, but um, again, going back, this one went all over the map, but get angry. Use that anger, that frustration, that energy directed at something positive, whether it be self-development or development within your career or you know something artistic. Maybe it's writing, maybe it's podcasting, whatever it is, have an outlet for it, but don't be ashamed. Don't try to stuff that that energy down because it's going to boil over and it's going to be something hideous. So uh, embrace it, channel it, funnel it at something, point it, give it a direction to aim at. Um, and then other than that, just go ahead, work for your life and realize what your priorities are. And then maybe you won't be so freaking envious of people who have a different life than you. But if you really looked at it, if you really asked them, talked to them, what's your week like? You know, do you have any personal life or do you just make money? You know, maybe think about that. <laughs> Realize your goals, realize what you want and uh, aim at it, go at it, run after it, you know, again, climb that ladder with both fists, but don't get envious or expect anybody to, to sprinkle some magic fairy dust on you. It's not happening. Have a good week, guys. All right, everyone. That's it for today. I hope you found some value in this week's episode. If you did and are interested in more content like this, please rate, review, subscribe and recommend the podcast to a friend. I really appreciate all the feedback you've given me to this point and look forward to hearing from you again. As always, the podcast page is The Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Facebook, at Jacket Plaid on Twitter, and at Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Instagram. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for the continued support, and especially to those of you who reach out weekly with comments on each episode. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you all again soon.